It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill. And welcome to another episode of the Industry Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. We'll get to the other hosts of this fine, fine broadcast here in just a few minutes. But first, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our outstanding sponsor, Hall's ID Line. They're a 48-year-old family-run company with a staff that has hundreds of years of combined experience. They have a fantastic online inventory program that distributors can not only put badges into, but also mouse pads, counter mats, and a whole new production uh, product line of coasters. And they offer free spec samples, random samples, and other marketing materials. In fact, they are so excited to share this with you. They have a website for free self-promos. That's selfpromo.idline.com. Just upload your artwork and the specific details and they will send you 100 free re-stick it calendars. Those are repositional decals that are going to help you keep your name in front of your clients. So thank you Hall's ID Line for sponsoring the Industry Insider Podcast. Now with me as always is Jeff Franklin. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great today, Bill. How about yourself? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, Meg Erber. Meg, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. And then the very clicky Stephen McFadden, who has been clicking through the entire uh, read of my sponsorship. (laughs) So uh, I don't appreciate that, that quite frankly. Oh, no, it was you. I I I don't even have my mouse. Well, it might have been me. Probably me. I'm just kidding. But we also have Stephen McFadden. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. So um, today, I really love our topic today. Um, I think it's one of the things that it really hits a lot of buttons in our industry, and it's talking about creating a company culture. And I thought we'd start out the conversation with, what do you think people are looking for? In a company culture, because I think we always focus on these type of podcasts on how to create a company culture, but we never start with what are people looking for. I mean, obviously, over at SNS Actionware, they're cert- looking for a certain amount of clickability. Um, the more clicking, the better. <laughs> clicking, the better. Yeah. Exactly. But besides clickability, what are people looking for in a culture? Do you guys think as we wind down 2019? Let's start with you, Meg. Seriously, what do you think people are looking for? You know what? I think people look for when you when you when you, I don't know. Are we looking at this from somewhere someone who's looking for a job or just someone who's already at a position? Or well, I mean, <laughs> because I, when I look it, when I think about company culture, I think about mm-hmm. morale. Okay, I think about absolutely. Yeah, I think about you know if you have good ownership, good leadership, and it trickles down, and I think. Working in that type of an environment produces better work ethic, better better employees, better sales, better overall, you know, everything's better just overall. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, that's – here's the thing. It's going to mean different thing to different people, but I do think there are trends um, when it comes to company culture. And the culture that is created in an organization helps bring – theoretically, the right people on board. Jeff, what about you? What do you think about, what do you think people are looking for in a company culture? Yeah, so I think uh, a lot of times when you hear company culture, at least nowadays, uh, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks this, but I I think, you know, puppy dogs and ice cream and ping pong tables and nap pods and crap like that, you know? Um, 
which is totally cool, like to create that atmosphere for, for the employees and stuff like that. And I'm sure, you know, you get a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, effectiveness out of that as well. Uh, but you know, I think it's, it's not necessarily always the case. I mean, company culture is basically just, you know, the atmosphere and the, the morale, like sort of make head on and, yeah, but you what know, are people the, looking for? What do you think people these days are looking for in a company culture? Maybe it is sleeping pods. Maybe it is. Well, I mean, what well, do you think you, people are looking for? When you say for? these days, are you thinking people that are coming into the workforce then? Like, or, so we're talking about younger folks? Or are we I, talking I, to, to me, I think, I think what I'm, I'm looking for here is the culture you create defines the type of people you attract, whether they're brand new to the workforce or they've been working for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I think, for example, so I'll, I'll use Promo Corner as an example. We have a challenge. It's challenging because we have people everywhere. I've got my creative director in Houston, Texas. I've got my vice president of sales in Kansas City, uh, Kansas. I've got my client services director in Boston, and I've got a group here in Nashville. So it's really hard to key, to create a cohesive culture, right, that translates, especially when people work remotely. And they work from home. Maybe that's part of your culture, though, is that people get to telecommute, it, and that's sort it, of a, a badass thing. And you probably get a lot of a lot out of people from that. We do. Uh, so, but but uh, but there still has to be a culture when people are actually working. So one of the things we tr- I try to really create is a culture of autonomy. Mm-hmm. I don't, for example, here in Nashville, I don't really have set hours for people to come and go. I mean, yes. Roughly, I'd say, you know, 8 o'clock, 8.30 to, you know, 4.30, 5.30, something like that. But I want to create an environment where people want to be here, mm-hmm. right, where people want to come. And, and, it's, and I know that, you know, my most productive time of the day is generally between like 6.30 in the morning and 11.30 in the morning. Yikes. That is when I get the most done for me personally. <laughs> That's early. But other people, <laughs> they may get the most done. Like Brandon, you know, who works for Brandon Petrich, he gets, I think, his – most productive part of the day, usually later. And so he might be here until three or four o'clock in the afternoon and go home and do a lot of his video editing because that's when he's at his peak. So everybody's got a different way that works best for them. And so what I try to do and what we try to do here at Promo Corner is create a culture where, you know, it really doesn't matter when you work, just get your stuff done. It really just doesn't matter. Hit hit mm-hmm. your deadlines, do excellent work, do work that matters, and get your stuff done. So it's not about, for us, it's not about having pizza parties and stuff like that, although we do maybe have an adult beverage every week, but that's kind of <laughs> part of our culture as well. Um, but so little, it's A little shameless plug there. A little shameless plug there, but it's just a little <laughs> – to me it's creating a culture of autonomy where you treat people as adults and you measure them on, for me personally, for you measure them on their actual work. I agree. I agree 110%, and that's how it should be. And I think when you look at companies who are micromanaging their employees, they're miserable. Their productivity is way down. Like when you have a, a culture like that, people are excited to come to work. They tend to have better relationships with their coworkers. They're more productive. You know, when you have these mutual values and morals and you have this really cool culture but like people really enjoy coming to work i love my job we have a really good culture you know we're not micromanaged down to the minute um they let us be our own salespeople. you know they give us some direction but they let us do what we're, we're good at they we play to our own strengths and i think that's what really helps set the bar 
Yeah, and I think well, with the uh, with the unemployment, you know, being as low as it is, it's kind of it, it's important to have a company culture too, Bill. Sort of like what you were saying, you know, the culture that you have is sort of how, who you attract, and so you know, the the more defined your culture is, the better yeah. chance you have of actually bringing on the right people as well. I think Stephen probably would have a really good take That's... on this as well because <laughs> he's he's put together a pretty good team down there in North Carolina. I think absolutely. I was just about to throw it to him, so thank you for that transition, Jeff. Yeah. Stephen. What yeah. say you? No, I, I, I think company culture obviously is very very important, but I like to uh, – I always like to take a step back when people say, you know, I want to establish company culture. I'm like, your company already has a culture. Like, it's defining your culture and making it good because everyone's got a company Correct. culture, whether it's a, a bad one, a good one. Um, you know, a good, you know if it, is it appropriate to your – how you've brand aligned. Um, so it's – you know, it's establishing the correct culture, I think, like we've all talked about, which is one where people want to come to work, um, enjoy their work, and then, it, you know, kind of it exudes out of the workplace into what your customers see. Um, you know, it, culture can be, a, like, contagious. Um, and I think if it's done right, I, I love your approach of, of providing that autonomy. We do something similar where we want to just build trust in our employees and so one of the things we do is we don't have vacation or sick days you know it's one of the it's you know we would like you to be there for 40 hours a week but if you got to go and do something and get it done get it done just no abuse we haven't had any abuse we have the same just um, just just to let you know i think you're on the right path we have the same approach Awesome. Yeah, and it's it's never it has yet to be abused to date. People seem to love it. Are they afraid? Um, do you chain them to their desks without vacation no, or sick time? No, people still take it, and, and uh-huh. you know they'll ask for it, and we're like, absolutely. Yeah, you've okay. been doing a great job. You know, and, and there's we've never had to push back on anything other than one time where I think half the, like the, the entire office was going to be taking off like the same time. So we're like, can you stagger just a little bit? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, what you know, was it? Christmas? <laughs> no, no, everyone gets off holiday. <laughs> Days, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, no, we, there's a uh, was it 13 days, uh, work days a year that are uh, actual holidays. Everyone's off anyways. So gotcha. Um, the other thing we've we've tried to establish a culture of is giving, um, and that's it's, it's that's kind of a loaded one because a lot of times that just comes from uh, a sales department or something like that. So what we've tried to do is involve more of the team. And uh, there's a lot of companies out there that do a good job of involving all their people. But we did, uh, we wanted to do like a Thanksgiving event last year as a quick example. So we took like a, a party bus over to Target, which I thought was awesome. And uh, <laughs> we gave everybody uh, like a $50 gift card and said, go buy something for someone you, would, you do not have on your, your current Christmas list, list to give back to them. So it was like, a, it could be... <clears throat> the mailman or the trash delivery guy or your teacher or, or whatever. So then everyone got to get involved and stuff like that. And it just, it, it helps to carry our uh, internal culture of giving, you know, out to everybody. So, um, yeah, those are some no, things. It's really cool. Well, you guys are doing some like corporate and social responsibility and it's good. It's good to give back, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry. You, I, I feel no, like you ahead. want to say something. I, I did, but I'm deciding not to. Go ahead, Mike. Um, and I think I think that's what we're seeing right now. I, I know, you know, there's a big push with millennials right now. And 
uh, and sales. And millennials like to align themselves with brands and products that give back or that align with their morals and values. And we're seeing that trend. There's a lot of giving back. A lot of our our mills are, are there's a big push on corporate and environmental and social responsibility. And I think that's really that creates a really good culture. And I'm like, you know, passing that along to my customers. I'm like, here's the thing. Here's an opportunity for you to get involved in your, in your community. It doesn't cost anything, and it's great PR for your company. Like, what's holding you back from doing this? And I think by just establishing that baseline, it gives them an opportunity to start giving back. It creates that culture that they might not have had before. But I think it's a culture that everyone wants to be a part of. They just may not know how to start or where to start. No, I, I think I think you're 100 right. People don't know where to start. And, and my, one of my favorite things that's already been said, and we are I think we all said some really cool things. Is what Steven said. You have a culture whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's the same thing. You have a brand whether you realize it or not. It, it's it's uh, cultivating it, crafting it, and what you what you really want it to be. And I think we all have to realize that just because we think the culture we're trying to create is awesome doesn't mean it's going to resonate with everybody. And, right. and that's that's the challenging thing. You know, we're in a position right now at Promo Corner. We're hiring a marketing coordinator, an entry level marketing job. And it's very interesting, and it's designed to be uh, for someone pretty much right out of school. And so it's very interesting to me to have these phone interviews with folks, and, and some of them do ask about the culture, which I, I knew I, you know, I'm always prepared to answer that. But I always hit it back to them. What are you looking for in a culture? And I think Ooh. we don't ask that question enough. We don't. We're so, we're so quick. I know I'm guilty of it. We're so quick of, of asking or you know extolling our own culture, and we have the best culture, and it's awesome to work here, you know. I, just because I think it doesn't mean everybody else does, and I think we need to do a better job of asking our employees what they're looking for, um, whether they're employees currently or prospective employees. So we we actually went through a, a phase of hiring, um, and we're we're still in it currently, and. One of the questions we've had um, a lot, and it was something I took a lot of time to focus on, I think beginning of the year, uh, was about career paths. And um, you know, obviously that seems like a, an obvious thing, but to have, a, to have defined career paths, I think does a lot for the, the culture of a company because you know, there's retention involved with that. There's, you know, this, uh, there's like this, the, like people know what they're working for. And I think that w- when you see bad culture, it's obvious, right? Um, well, yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things I've I've seen as uh, you know as as hot points and sticking points from certain people in certain companies is they don't feel like there's a sense of purpose, and they don't really know where they're going to go next. They feel like they're going to do the same thing forever, you know. And and that's a that eats internally and in, into your your culture of you know just how you go to work every day. Um, so just by defining career paths for mm-hmm. individual positions, uh, when I've been able to, to speak to that, you know, when, when a new hire comes, they're like, whoa, like that's, that's awesome that there's a plan, you know, and it's, it's been good for resumes, it's been good for attracting the right type of people, uh, and then just internally too, it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. So here's a question, and 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 because I think we can we could keep talking about this, but I think we'd all end up saying kind of the same thing over and over. What do we do when we have a culture killer in the organization? Because we've all been there. Yes. We've all been there where someone is, <laughs> is you know, there's a, there, 
sighing like, very loudly from their office. Yes, whatever. much yes. like David St. Hubbins might say, there's a fine line between stupid and clever. There's a fine line between being a devil's advocate and being just a negative piece of shit. Yeah, and for sure. How do you, as managers, how do you address that? And when do you decide it's time to say goodbye? That this person's just not working out. It might not even be about the work. It's just about they are absolutely killing the culture. What do you, what do you guys do with that? Let's start with you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, it's, it's obviously not something I'm strong in. Uh, we, we are, you know, as far as, like, handling – handling stuff like that you know we we have a an interesting culture developed where we say if you're not family you might as well be so we we get to really really close to all of our people which sometimes can can make it where Mm -hmm. it 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 makes it more challenging if there's if there's an issue but at the same time um we don't shy away from letting people know like hey you got to get on board here you know like it's it's either you know, you, if you not being on board means that you're dragging other people down, and we don't mind sharing that information. What we do about it beyond that, um, we haven't really had an, a, a, an instance of that yet. So, mm-hmm. has anyone tried to come in there and change your culture to fit their needs? I think every time their... you add someone, it, it obviously changes in some way. Yeah. Uh, because you know, every time you throw you know, a rock in a pond, it makes some ripples. So it's like, you, you know, how many <laughs> more? <was> <laughs> I'm trying to think of any more cliches I can throw out today. <laughs> well, you know what? I think I think culture does define new hires. I think there's ways to research. I mean, for instance, I'm going to throw just a tiny personal story in there. Um, unfortunately, VJ uh, lost his job a couple weeks ago. Oh, I and hear it's that. okay. It's there's a silver lining in everything. You know, he was uh, an architect for a major pharmaceutical company, and they outsourced um, their entire department, 57 jobs to overseas. Um. So he was on, you know, he, he actually didn't even put his resume up there yet, but he had recruiters calling him left and right, and he had another job offer. And it sounded very good. I mean, really good. Good money, good time, everything. And then I said, you know what? You should take a look on Glassdoor. Just just take mm-hmm. a look. You know, I mean, definitely, obviously, people are leaving reviews because they're disgruntled or whatever, but there's going to be some truth into it. And then after some major research, he found out like they were doing exactly what they were doing at his last company, outsourcing all the jobs. The CIO was apparently racist against Americans. Like it was, it was, he didn't, he did not want to put himself back into a position where he was just unhappy. And he turned down a very big opportunity based on their culture. So, I mean, I think when you are looking for a job and you're looking for employment, I think, just doing yourself a favor in the company that you may or may not want to work for. I think doing some research on that company and their culture to make sure it fits with you as to not waste anyone's time. You know, no, you can check out their website, check out their social media, check out, you know, Glassdoor, ask around and ask the right interview questions. You got to make sure that you fit into said company culture. No, that's a great, that's a great one. Um, Jeff, what about, what about you? <laughs> As far as, you know, what we do to handle those situations? Or, yeah. Cause, no. What do you do? Well, I mean, honestly, you gotta you got to ask yourself. Because I, I, I don't necessarily think it's in this in that situation it's 100% about the culture. I think it's about, you know, do they just make a good fit for the company in general? Uh, you know, if they're, if they're super negative but, you know, they're getting their jobs done and they put on a good face for, you know, whatever, then, you know, it might be worth, uh, you know, having a nice – 
sit down discussion with them. Uh, but honestly, I mean, you know, most cases, I, you know, if, the, if that's the way they are, they're not going to change. And in that situation, you'd probably want to part ways, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's that's never an easy decision to make. But, you know, the other thing that you can do is just, you know, give them a whole bunch of crap until they bail on you. Um, right. Which is always, you know, that's that's fun sometimes, too. Yeah, technically though, you could get in trouble for doing that. I mean, you can actually be sued for doing that. Uh, Making can you, someone's can you though? Yeah, you can. I forget the legal <laughs> term, but if you make someone if you intentionally make someone's job untenable, basically hoping they fi- get fired, they can sue you. Hmm. We're in America, yeah, Jeff. You could be gotta, sued for anything. You got to prove that. See, cuz the in the That's state hard. of Maryland, we're we're an at will state. Oh, I didn't say you'd have to pay. I just said someone could sue. No, that's That's funny. what I said. <laughs> I know what I said, sir. I'm actually engaged in this podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing other stuff like I normally do. I'm actually paying attention. Yeah, now if we could just get the uh the SNS girl over there to do the same. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Busy clicking. Hey, hey now. W- w- one thing I would say is, you know, in regards to all of this, the larger the company is, I think that it's, you know, there there's ends up be, being like micro cultures, if that makes sense. So like, you know, there's it always, well, so there's like departments inside <laughs> of larger companies that, you know, there may be a different team lead that reports to someone else. So what happens is you end up getting managers with their own people that they develop like their own culture within the company. Um, and, and I think that's something to, to make sure that there's a consistent message being sent from the top down. Because I've seen doing some mentorship stuff through Promo Kitchen where there's groups that have been like subsets of a bigger that end up having a completely different microculture than the rest of the company. And it creates a lot of friction. Um, So just obviously the larger the company and the more segmented it gets, the more important it is for there to be a consistent message throughout. True that. So, so let's wrap this up by asking each of you, what's the one thing each of you look for if you're looking for a job, not at that any of you are, but if you were, what's the one thing that is, two, so two things. What's the one thing culturally you really, really want, and what's the one cultural deal breaker you can't have? Jeff, let's start with you. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, I think for me, just, you know, the reason I've been, uh, I think, with headwear as long as I have is one of the things that I love about, you know, our company is sort of our culture. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's ever really been defined, but it's one of those things that I've, you know, come to find is completely different from any other company that I've ever worked for in the past. And, uh, you know, I'd say that that's basically that, you know, it's we work together as a team man. like there it's not like there's not like a I mean, there is a bit of a hierarchy, but there's it's not really a huge hierarchy in the sense that, you know, we are a team. There might be a team captain, uh, but ultimately everybody has an equal say. And, you know, we work together as a team. We're there scrounging, scrapping, clawing. And uh, I mean, that's sort of, you know, been what has defined uh, our company and the fact that. You know, we can say those things or, you know, say basically whatever's on our mind to each other uh, and not be afraid of any repercussion is. That's nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Real quick, Stephen, what about you? Uh, something I would look for would be management or a team that's approachable. So someone like that's mm-hmm. new, new to ideas, um, you know, the, there's a trust factor with myself so that I can bring up new suggestions and new ideas. So a company that would be open to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, deal breakers would be, 
don't know if this is just the opposite of it, but groups that are just very rigid, so stuck in certain things are done a certain way. Um, and and I, one one other thing would be if there's not a lot of on-site participation from management, so things that are not not remote like yourself, Bill, but like if there's an ownership group or an investor group that's off-site. Yep. I haven't seen a lot of positive cultures and groups like that where directions are coming from someone who doesn't know much about the company. Yeah. No, it's good. Meg, what about you real quick? Well, most importantly, they the company would have to have a Taco Tuesday, hands down. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Down. Right? Okay. But no, all serious. I think uh, having a team, I think having someone that has your back, I think, you know, we have a really good team here in the Northeast. We all have each other's backs. We work together. We collaborate on projects. Um, so knowing that you have teammates to bounce things off of and you know, help take care of you and you guys take care of each other is, is very good for morale. And I think a deal breaker is... Uh, Micromanagement, man. I think that just buries you. It buries your soul. It buries it right into the ground, and you don't want to come up, and you can't get out of it. So awesome. hardcore on that. My deal breaker would be either people who are in their own silos, and they're just not collaborative. That that drives me completely yeah. nuts. Um, or people who um, tend to get their fingers into other parts of the business that maybe they're not responsible for that that can be frustrating i've worked in situations like that it's been a while thankfully but i've been in situations like that for me um the the thing i always look for is the freedom to be me um i have you know i'll be 50 here in a couple weeks and i'm at the point where i know i'm completely unemployable and when uh, i was talking to joel moore about joining promo corner selling my company to him and I was talking to a lot of other people because trying to figure out what I wanted to do. One of the things I, I actually asked them, what would you want to do with the adult beverage of the week? And all I was really looking for was someone to say, oh, we should talk about that. And I'll never forget Joel's response when I knew, okay, this is someone I can not only work with but for. As he said, um, if you're not bringing that over, why are we even talking? <laughs> and so it allowed, you know, that's when I knew I could be 100% me here. And so for me, that that's my my culture. Uh, I got to have it. Got to have it. Awesome. Guys, I think this was a great discussion. And again, everybody has a different uh, perspective of what company culture should be and what they want it to be. But the thing is to try to, I, I think I really like the idea of talking to your employees and asking them what they're seeking and don't assume you know, and asking prospective employees the same thing. I'd be remiss again if I didn't thank our good friends over at Hall's ID Line. Remember, they've got that free uh, self-promo website, selfpromo.idline.com, where you can upload your artwork and specific details, and they will produce 100 free restick calendars. And those are those repositional decals that's going to keep your distributor name in front of your clients for, well, 365 days to come or 366 if you're doing 2020 because we have leap year. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much. Had a great time. Let's do this again. Thank yeah, you. Definitely. I'll stick here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.